following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me crucified with Christ. 
and still am. On the other hand, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and that life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, the one having loved me and having handed himself over in my behalf. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness is by the law, then Christ died in vain. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Let's pray. Almighty God, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, may your will be done in each of our lives as we listen to this broadcast. And I pray, Lord, that as I share these these vital truths of salvation, that you will take us deep into the heart of Jesus and let this crucifixion be done. Let it be finished. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. John Bunyan, from whom we have named this broadcast, Pilgrim's Progress. He published this work in 1600s. It was a very popular work. It influenced mightily the church for many years, and it still does. John Bunyan, in his understanding of the crucifixion of our flesh, said there were two great valleys that we had to traverse, very dangerous valleys, valleys where many were sidetracked and lost their salvation and, in fact, even lost their lives. The first great valley that he speaks about is the valley of humiliation. And he says the valley of humiliation, the the road, the path, is very steep going down into the valley of humiliation. And that if you're not very careful, you will slip and fall and be destroyed. So as Pilgrim begins to traverse this path, Several friends go with him to make certain that he is safe. The valley of humiliation is where the devil attacks with everything he has, that new Christian. Or that Christian who has finally grown tired of the shallowness of their life, and they decide that they need to become serious and pursue an understanding of what it means to be truly a Christian and leave the city of destruction and move forward toward that great celestial city. Oh, my concern is that many of you have never left the city of destruction, but you call yourself a Christian. It won't work. There is a pilgrimage to take. There is a journey to take. 
and it's fraught with danger. Now, this valley of humiliation is where the devil comes and attacks with everything he has to try to destroy you. But it's necessary that you traverse this valley because in the process, your heart is humbled before God and before men. It's been a very difficult valley for me. It's been a very painful valley for me. Because as Satan is attacking with everything he has to try to destroy a person, all pride is exposed. All sin is exposed. The devil comes with every crude accusation against you. Many of them will be true. And he taunts you. And he tells you, you might as well give up. This is hopeless. And so many who go through this valley of humiliation become very depressed and discouraged, hopeless, confused. I love Jesus. What's going on? Why am I feeling so bad? Why are these things happening to me? Why am I losing my job? Why am I in such discontent in my heart? Why is my marriage not working? Why is this not working? Why? why? What's going on? I need help, Jesus. It's the valley of humiliation where we are brought all the way down until finally we recognize there is there's no hope for us except in the blood of Jesus Christ. Many of you, like me, hung on to some remnant of pride, hoping that you could make it through. But the Lord says, no, you can't. All pride has to go on the cross. That flesh must be crucified. All arrogance, all self-sufficiency, it all must go to the cross. If you're carrying any bitterness or anger in your heart, if you have cut others off, Satan will be very quick to raise that issue in your heart. And he'll make you dwell in lonely places cut off from the people of God, cut off, alone, vulnerable, where Satan can come with every form of attack and lie. And you're going to need that shield of faith to raise up. You're going to need the sword of the Spirit to fight with. You're going to have to hang on to the promises of God, even as you are weeping over your pride. He may even attack your health. Some of you today are directly under the enemy's attack with your health. Or you have family members who are directly under the attack of Satan in order to get at you. To cause sorrow in your heart. To cause hopelessness to arise in your mind. And you say, I can't do this anymore, Jesus. I'm at the end of my rope. Well, that's where he wants you. I heard a long time ago, and I've held it in my mind. 
When you get to the end of your rope, tie a prayer knot and hang on. That's where I am right now. I'm at the end of my rope. And I've tied a prayer knot and I'm just hanging on to Jesus. You begin to say to yourself, how much more can I be shamed? Well, until all the shame's gone. How do I save face in the midst of all of this? How do I save face? Well, you don't. You don't have a face anymore. It's either the face of Jesus or there is no face. Please hear what I'm saying. When you go through the valley of humiliation, you're crucified with Christ. That crucifixion has to be finished. It means your hopes and dreams, your ambitions, you release all of those because you can't get through the narrow gate and hang on to that luggage. You're on a pilgrimage. You're on your way to heaven. Your only hope now is our precious Lord Jesus. All complaining is gone. All murmuring ends. You have been stripped of your pride and your arrogance and your sense of entitlement. You know you're not entitled to anything but to hellfire because you're a sinner and you've done wickedly before the Lord God who is righteous and holy. And so as you go down into that valley of humiliation, you cannot climb out the other side and be the same person. Impossible. Because you've been crucified with Christ. And now Christ lives in you. Then you come climbing out of the valley of humiliation, utterly, utterly subdued, utterly broken. You've cried until there are no tears left. You've sought after God and he's not come. He's not delivered you from the humiliation. It's ongoing. Until finally you've said, Lord, it's okay. It's all right. I trust you. I'm going to wait upon you, almighty God. And I'm trusting you to carry me because I'm so broken I can't walk. I can't carry myself. I can't provide for myself. I trust you, Jesus. What I'm describing is obviously a very painful process. Process of having pride and everything else stripped away. And now you come to the end of the valley of humiliation and there is another valley before you. And this valley is called the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to share with you some of Bunyan's words. There is no other way to the celestial city. 
you are obligated to go through the valley of the shadow of death, even as you are obligated to go through the valley of humiliation. Now this valley is a very solitary place. And as the prophet Jeremiah describes it, a wilderness, a land of deserts, of pits, a land of drought and the shadow of death, a land that no man but a Christian passes through. No one lives there. Now here, Christian is going to be afflicted more than he was in the Valley of Humiliation. As he comes to the borders of the Valley of the Shadow of Death, he sees in his dream that two men are coming toward him, children of those men who brought an evil report concerning the good land of Canaan. These two men were quickly retreating when Christians stopped them and asked, Where are you going? They said, Back, back. We would advise you to do that too. If you have any concern for your life or your peace of mind, why? What's the matter? Matter, they said. We were going the same way that you're now going, and we went as far as we dared to go and almost went past the point of no return. Had we continued, we would not be here to warn you. Why? We were almost in the valley of the shadow of death. But as our good fortune would have it, we looked ahead and saw the danger before we came to it. But what did you see? See, they nearly shouted. Well, the valley itself is black as pitch. Yet we also saw goblins and dragons. We saw the pit. We also heard in the valley a continual howling and yelling that sounded like people in unutterable misery who are bound in afflictions and irons. And over the valley hangs the discouraging clouds of confusion. Death also spreads his wings over it. In a word, it is dreadful and completely unruly and harsh. Then Christian said, All these tears aside, nothing that you have said so far convinces me that this is anything but the way to the celestial city. Have it your own way. We will not choose to go. We will go our own way. And so they parted, and Christian went on his way with his sword in his hand, fearing that he might yet be assaulted. Now, I want you to get this picture. As you come out of the Valley of Humiliation, you go then quickly into the Valley of the Shadow of Death, where it looks like you cannot escape. And frankly, in my life, these valleys have been very tightly connected one to the other, so that you barely know when you leave the Valley of Humiliation and go into the Valley of the Shadow of Death. It's a place of great darkness. It's a place of isolation. It's a place of sadness. 
because as you were stripped in the valley of humiliation, you now miss those wonderful friends that had to be cut off, who cut you off, who shamed you. You have to walk alone in the valley. You have to make a decision. I will go through to the wonderful celestial city. I will not turn back on Jesus. If you are shallow, you will quickly turn back. If you did not in the valley of humiliation, you will certainly turn back when you reach this valley of the shadow of death. And to be frank with you, many Christians have said to me, Pastor, there is no desert for the Christian to go through. There is no valley of the shadow of death for Christians to go through. We come to Jesus. He loves us unconditionally, and we're on our way to heaven. If you believe that, you will not ever arrive in the celestial city. You will be like the foolish virgins who had no oil for their lamp, and when the time came for them to shine brightly, they had no Holy Spirit presence because they refused to traverse the valley of humiliation and humble their hearts. They were independent. They were strong. They could handle it. They went their own way. And they refused to go into the valley of the shadow of death. They said, that's just foolishness. I'm not going to do that. Well, it's the only road to heaven. It's the only road to the celestial city. The entire length of the valley, Bunyan says, was a very deep ditch on the right. And it is this ditch that the blind have been leading the blind to fall into since the beginning of time, to the destruction of both blind leaders and their followers. This is false doctrine. This is the belief in the sinning Christian. This is believing something other than Jesus is the answer. They put their trust in intellectual doctrine. They put their trust in being kind to other people, of being helpful to other people. But they're unwilling to be self-aware. They're unwilling to look at the very dangerous quagmire that they can easily find themselves in where there is no solid footing, there's no bottom if you fall in. This is the bog King David fell into and no doubt would have been smothered had he not been pulled out of that bog when he fell into it with Bathsheba. The pathway through this valley is exceedingly narrow. Good Christian was tested to his very limit. For in the dark, when he tried to avoid the ditch on the one hand, he was ready to tip over into the mire on the other side. Also, when he sought to escape the mire, unless he was very careful, he would overreact and fall into the ditch. And so Christian went on, and I heard him sigh bitterly. For besides the dangers mentioned, the pathway was so dark that often when he lifted up his foot to step forward, 
He was never sure where his foot would land or what he would step on. In the middle of this valley, I saw in my dream the mouth of hell, and it stood right next to the path. What shall I do now? thought Christian. Flames and smoke spewed from the place, sparks and hideous noises. Christian finally put his sword back in his sheath, and he took out another weapon. It was called All Prayer. You find that in Ephesians 6, verse 18. Then I heard Christian cry out, O Lord, I beseech you, deliver my soul. And he continued in this way for a long time, but still the flames were reaching toward him. Also he heard tortured voices and the sound of things rushing and scurrying back and forth. Sometimes Christian thought he was going to be torn to pieces and trampled down like mud in the street. I want to just say to you, please, I've been through that valley of humiliation. And I am yet traversing the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not making progress toward what in the world would be considered most important. I'm not creating a career for myself. I'm not creating a place in the world for myself where I'll be lauded as someone who is somebody. I'm not buying a house for myself. I'm not saving money for my retirement. I don't own a car. I don't go on expensive vacations. So, what am I doing? I'm walking the narrow but straight path to the celestial city. I pray. I read the scriptures. I preach the gospel every opportunity. I teach people the way of the cross. I counsel with couples and with people on the straight and narrow path. I confront sin whenever I come into it. I do this radio broadcast. All of my time and money are for the journey and to take as many other people with me on this journey as want to travel through this world to the world that is coming. I have been set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I call upon you to go through the valley of humiliation and be set apart for the work of the gospel for Jesus Christ. I call upon you to join me in traversing the valley of the shadow of death where it looks like we will surely perish. Bunyan goes on. Christian saw these frightful sights and heard the dreadful noises for a number of miles as he journeyed. 
And adding to his troubles, he came to a place where he thought he heard a company of demons coming forward to meet him. Christian stopped to think about how to best meet this new enemy. For a brief moment, he thought about turning back, but then thought that perhaps he was halfway through the valley. He also remembered how he'd always vanquished many dangers, and that danger of going back might prove worse than the dangers of going ahead. So he made up his mind to continue going forward. The demons seemed to be coming nearer and nearer, but when they were almost upon him, Christian cried out with the most or the strongest voice possible, I walk in the strength of the Lord God. So they turned around and fled back the direction from which they had come. By this time, I noticed that poor Christian was so confounded that he did not recognize his own voice. Just when he came near the mouth of the burning pit, one of the wicked ones stepped up softly behind him and whispered many grievous blasphemies to him, which Christian truly thought had come from his own mind. It grieved Christian more than anything that he had met with before to think that he should now blaspheme him whom he loved. Though the truth is that Christian had not done that. He wished to stop the wicked thoughts, but did not have the discretion to simply plug his ears to silence the lies that the wicked one spoke to him or to recognize the source from which they were coming. Now, Bunyan has identified something here that is of vital concern. One of Satan's favorite tricks is to fill the mind of a Christian with thoughts of lust or with anger and bitterness. It's necessary to know that Satan can plant in your mind wild and wicked thoughts. And when they come, it is best to simply recognize they do not come from you, from the new one who is in Christ Jesus. They come from the enemy. And you stand firm and say, in the name of Jesus, these thoughts are not mine. I serve Jesus. Now be gone. I will not have anything to do with you. I will not dwell on you. I will not allow you to continue in my mind or my heart. Leave me now in the name of Jesus, and they will leave you. For they are thoughts that the enemy has tried to deceive you with. You are, and it's necessary that you say this aloud, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He doesn't share the space with me. He lives in me and through me. Are you willing to make that confession? It's a strong faith confession that says, I am crucified with Jesus Christ. And then you stand on that. After Christian had traveled in this disturbing condition for some time, 
he thought he heard the voice of a man going before him, saying, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Then Christian was glad, and for good reason. For one, Christian believed that someone who feared God was in the valley with him. Secondly, he perceived that God was with this person up ahead, even though it was dark and dismal. Christian reasoned that if God was with this fellow traveler, then he was also with him, even though the evil in this place prevented his perception of it. Thirdly, Christian hoped that he could catch up with this person ahead and have a companion on his journey. This is what the church is to be. The church is to be companions on this journey toward the celestial city. We are to be family. Not people who show up once a week for a couple hours and then go home after the entertainment's over. No, we're to be family, tied together. Christ is the head of the body, and we're connected to the body as well. And we encourage one another. We lift each other's burdens. We hold one another accountable. So as Christian went forward, he called out to the pilgrim ahead of him, Traveler did not know what to answer since he thought it, he was all alone. Finally, the sun came up on a new day, and Christian rejoiced and said, He has turned the shadow of death into the morning. The shadow of death into the morning. Christian looked back and not not out of any desire to return, but so that he could see by the light of day what hazards he'd gone through in the dark. So he saw more clearly the ditch that was on the one hand and the muck and mire on the other. He also saw how narrow the way was that went between them both. Oh, He saw the dragons and the pit, but now they were all far off. For after the sun came up, they would not come near. But yet they were revealed, to, just as it's written, he discovers deep things out of the darkness and brings out to the light the shadow of death. Job 12.22 Christian was deeply moved by his deliverance from all the dangers of the solitary way that went through the valley, dangers that he feared more before, but could now clearly see. What he's saying is of vital import for you to grab. Today may be a day of utter humiliation for you. But if you'll give up your pride, it's only for a short time. And then the Lord will bring you out. Today may be a day of darkness for you, of shadows, of death of fear, of anguish, wondering how can I survive? Everything is going wrong. I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. Praise God. That's also just a season. And God brings us through. And he brings us out into the sunlight. 
and things aren't nearly as scary in the sunlight when Jesus is there and a brother or sister stands with us. Christian was deeply moved by his deliverance from all the dangers of the solitary way he'd gone through in the valley, dangers that he faced and feared greatly, but not now so much because he can see them. Now in the light of day, Christian realized how treacherous the first part of his journey through the valley of the shadow of death had been. But there were more dangers that lay before him. But these dangers would be dealt with in a different way. Ahead of him were pits and holes and snares and traps and false paths that led down to the pit. But Christian realized the glorious light of day, for it had been still dark, he would not have continued on. But now he knows he can reach safely the end of his journey because the valley of the shadow of death is behind him. And he now knows that the light of glory will go with him all the way through to the final end. He writes, Christian says, I saw in my dream that at the end of this valley lay blood, bones, ashes, and the mangled bodies of men, even of some pilgrims. While I was musing about what had caused this carnage, I spied a cave where two giants, Pope and Pagan, lived in the olden days. It was their power and tyranny that had cruelly put to death men whose bones, blood, and ashes mangled bodies I beheld. Christian went by this place. And now I want to share with you, he's identifying the pagans as having no longer had power. This was in the 1600s. Today we know the pagans have gained much power and are destroying Christians all over the world. Communist Chinese, Vietnam, Islamic terrorists, pagans who are killing Christians. The other one that he identified was the Pope. He was an avid anti-Roman Catholic church. He said, I saw in my dream that as Christian went past the old men sitting at the mouth of the cave, he, he paused. They poked their heads out of the cave and snarled, more like you will be burned. Christian held his peace and passed by the wretched old men without any difficulty. And then Christian sang songs of praise and worship to the Almighty God. So there are two valleys that we have to go through. One is the Valley of Humiliation where we are stripped of all pride, where every self-sufficiency is exposed. 
It's a place that is extremely dangerous because we can respond with bitterness and anger, with grumbling and malice. And then we're caught in this valley and we'll be miserable until we're able to leave. And then we go forward from that valley into the valley of the shadow of death where now every danger lurks. We often find ourselves very alone in this valley with no light. We have to just stay by faith on the narrow path and walk it out. But there is in our heart sometimes an utter hopelessness, a despair that we can never escape. Some become very depressed and angry in this valley of the shadow of death. And when they become angry and hostile, they quickly are drained away into false doctrine or they drop into the mire and mud of sin, addictions, alcohol, pornography, entertainment. They quickly lose their piety. Their first love is gone. Their hearts grow cold. These two valleys must be traversed. And as I have walked these valleys, I want to read for you a passage of Scripture. The first time I read this passage was many, many years ago. In fact, it was January 1, 1991. And I have lived in this passage of Scripture now for years. Let me read it for you. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, or it can be translated, when evil men advance against me to slander me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me, 
At his tabernacle I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call. O Lord, be merciful to me. Answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in straight paths because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I want to stop a moment. Beginning in verse 7 through verse 12 of Psalm 27. This is the heart. These are the promises that have carried my heart. As I've gone through the valley of humiliation, I've been stripped of all pride, humbled before God and men. I've cried out to the Lord, hear my voice. When I call, O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek, seek his face. So your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, for you have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior, to understand. When everything looks utterly impossible, don't turn in despair to wickedness, but turn and seek the face of the living God. Get close to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, in my life, I need your will to be accomplished. I am waiting upon the Lord. I am waiting for God. I am waiting for Jesus with one sweep of his hand to change and bring revival to America. I am crying out to God for revival for America. It's going to take a great move of God's hand to turn back the evil that has flooded into our precious land. If I were to go by what I hear and see in the news, I would say all is lost, it's hopeless. And in the flesh, it is hopeless. In the flesh, there's no possibility of America being turned around. Every 
Every evil thing is being released to our children. These wicked gay and homosexual trance story hours for our children in libraries. The drugs, the pot, the movies, the internet wickedness, the lying and the cheating and the stealing, the corruption in our government, weaponizing NSA, FBI, Institutions that used to have honor and respect now have become utterly corrupt in their leadership. Only God can turn this in our nation. We need another great awakening or we're going to face the severe, destructive judgment of God upon this land. Already the judgments of God are being poured out in the weather, in sickness, in our borders being breached. We have to turn back to the living God of heaven. We have to to turn back to Jesus. He says, verse 13, I am still confident of this. I am still confident. Pastor Ray, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. I am waiting for the Lord. I had to come and do this broadcast today at the Lord's command to say to you, wait for the Lord. As you go through the valley of humiliation, or if you're in the midst now of the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to walk that alone. You're welcome to come and be a part of the National Prayer Chapel. And there are other places that God will send you. Go where he sends you. You're welcome to call me. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley at the National Prayer Chapel. If you'd like to come on Sunday from 10 until 12, Call me. If I don't answer, leave a message. 703-489-1785. I'll call you back. 703-489-1785. We need fellow pilgrims to travel with us through these desperate days of struggle with wickedness. We need to be encouraged by the word of God. We need to stand against the wickedness of our day. You're welcome to come. Now, please, I need to hear from you. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that address, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, 
Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can donate online. I'd love to hear from some of you today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. Now I'd like to pray with you. Lord Jesus, there are precious brothers and sisters who are walking through the valley of humiliation right now, and they don't know how they're going to survive as they've had everything stripped away from them and they have been shamed at work or they've been shamed in their relationships and they don't know how they're going to make it. Lord, I pray that you would come with mighty power and deliver them now. And Lord, there are others in the valley of the shadow of death where darkness has come down upon them and they don't know how they're going to make it. Lord, would you minister to each today wherever they are? And Lord, those of us who are ready to enter, will rejoice in you, Jesus, as we wait upon you to deliver America. Lord, I glorify your name today. You are the almighty King of kings and Lord of lords. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness and your great love. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.